glad you've joined us on Songs of Praise, an hour of musical reflection to encourage your heart.
Jesus is, I want to be. There's no dying up there. This old earth can't compare. That's why heaven means home to me. I've heard of a beautiful city above With streets that are paved with pure gold But my eyes are fixed on Jesus, my King That's why heaven means home to me This old earth can't compare That's why heaven means home to me That's why heaven means home to me Oh uh-huh.
Listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's Songs of Praise.
So we come to you, dirty and hurting, and dead in the tomb, raised, redeemed, to show off the scars, cause you've brought us this far. And we come broken, and we come undone. We come trying hard to love everyone, but we come up short in all that we do, cause we do, we come to you, and you came to show the way, not around but through, so through it all. We come to you.
hope you're enjoying Songs of Praise. Here's some more inspirational music. Bye. 
Songs of Praise continues with more inspirational music.
a boy named David, only a little sling. Only a boy named David, but he could pray and sing. Only a boy named David, only a little brook. Only a boy named David, but five little stones he took. And one little stone went in the sling, and the sling went round and round. And one little stone went in the sling, and the sling went round and round. And round and round and round and round and round and round and round. And one little stone went up in the air, and the giant came tumbling down. And the giant came tumbling down. Tumbling down, came tumbling down. Only a boy named David, only a little sling. Only a boy named David, but he could pray and sing. Only a boy named David, only a little brook. Only a boy named David, but five little stones he took. And one little stone went in the sling, and the sling went round and round. And one little stone went in the sling, and the sling went round and round. And round and round and round and round and round and round and round. And one little stone went up in the air, and the giant came tumbling. And the giant came tumbling. And the giant came tumbling, 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 tumbling Weary, tending a load of care. Are you a soul that's seeking rest from the burden you bear? Do you know? Do you know, my Jesus? Do you know, do you know, 
and that he will abide till the end. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to Savior, bearing shame and scoffing rude, in my place condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood, hallelujah, what a Savior.
a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a shelter in the time of storm. shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a shelter in the time of storm, a shelter in the time of storm, a shelter in the time Join us again next time on Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio, to enjoy more uplifting music. Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book, The Ministry of Healing by Alan White, provides sound counsel regarding holistic health. It covers all aspects of living that contributes to good health like cheerfulness, fresh air, exercise, diet and positive relationships with other people to name a few. Crucial also is a personal relationship with our Creator who gave us life and everything we need for health and happiness. In this book, Alan White deals with sickness of the soul and the healing balm to be found by trusting God in all things. Written in simple, beautiful language, ministry healing will point to a life full of joy and happiness, a life connected with the source of healing power. Let's join our book reader, Rosalie Ricards. Hello, this is Rosalie, and I'm reading from the book Ministry of Healing by Ellen White. Chapter 2. Days of Ministry. In the fisherman's home at Capernaum, The mother of Peter's wife is lying sick of a great fever, and they tell him of her. Jesus touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered to the Saviour and his disciples. Luke 4.38, Mark 1.30, and Matthew 8.15. Rapidly the tidings spread. The miracle had been wrought upon the Sabbath. And for fear of the rabbis, the people dared not come for healing until the sun was set. Then from the homes, the shops, the marketplaces, the inhabitants of the city pressed toward the humble dwelling that sheltered Jesus. The sick were brought upon litters. They came leaning upon staffs or supported by friends. They tottered feebly into the Saviour's presence. Hour after hour they came and went, for none could know whether tomorrow would find the healer still among them. Never before had Capernaum witnessed a day like this. The air was filled with the voice of triumph and shouts of deliverance. Not until the last sufferer had been relieved did Jesus cease his work. It was far into the night when the multitude departed and silence settled down upon the home of Simon The long, exciting day was past, and Jesus sought rest. 
but while the city was wrapped in slumber, the Saviour rising up a great while before day, went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. Mark 1.35 Early in the morning, Peter and his companions came to see Jesus, saying that already the people of Capernaum were seeking him. With surprise they heard Christ's words, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. Luke 4.43 In the excitement which then pervaded Capernaum, there was danger that the object of his mission would be lost sight of. Jesus was not satisfied to attract attention to himself, merely as a wonder worker or as a healer or of physical disease. He was seeking to draw men to him as their saviour. While the people were eager to believe that he had come as a king to establish an earthly reign, he desired to turn their minds from the earthly to the spiritual. Mere worldly success would interfere with his work, and the wonder of the careless crowd jarred upon his spirits. No self-assertion mingled with his life. The homage which the world gives to the position, wealth or talent, was foreign to the Son of Man. None of the means that men employ to win allegiance or command homage did Jesus use. Centuries before his birth, it had been prophesied to him, He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the dimly burning flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Isaiah 42, 2 and 3 The Pharisees sought distinction by their scrupulous ceremonialism and the ostentation of their worship and their charities. They proved their zeal for religion by making it the theme of discussion. Disputes between opposing sects were loud and long and it was not unusual to hear on the streets the voice of angry controversy from learned doctors of the law. In marked contrast to all of this was the life of Jesus. In that life, no noisy disputation, no ostentation worship, no act to gain applause were ever witnessed. Christ was hid in God, and God was revealed in the character of his Son. To this revelation, Jesus desired the minds of the people to be directed. The Son of Righteousness did not burst upon the world in splendour to dazzle the senses of his glory. It is written of Christ, his going forth is prepared as the morning. Hosea 6.3 Quietly and gently, the daylight breaks upon the earth, dispelling the darkness and waking the world to life. So did the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Malachi 4.2 1 Corinthians 13.1-6 says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Love does not insist on its own way. 
It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. In Isaiah 42.1 it says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. Isaiah 25.4 says, Thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat. Isaiah 42.5-7 Thus saith God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light to the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison. Verse 16, I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them, and crooked ways straight. These things will I do unto them, and not forsake them. In verses 10 to 12, Sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise from the end of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea, and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof. Let the wilderness and the cities thereof lift up their voice, the villages that Kedar doth inhabit. Let the inhabitants of the rocks sing. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory unto the Lord and declare his praise in the islands. Isaiah 44:23 says, Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout ye lower parts of the earth, break forth into singing ye mountains, O forest, and every tree therein. For the Lord hath redeemed Jacob, and glorified himself in Israel. From Herod's dungeon, where in the disappointment and perplexity concerning the Saviour's work, John the Baptist watched and waited, he sent two of his disciples to Jesus with the message, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Matthew 11:3. The Saviour did not at once answer the disciples' question. As they stood wondering at his silence, the afflicted were coming to him. The voice of the mighty healer penetrated the deaf ear. A word, a touch of his hand opened the blind eyes. To behold the light of day, the scenes of nature, the faces of the friends, and the face of the deliverer. His voice reached the ears of the dying, and they rose in health and vigour. Paralysed demoniacs obeyed his word. Their madness left them, and they worshipped him. The poor peasants and labourers, who were shunned by the rabbis as unclean, gathered about him, and he spake to them the words of eternal life. Thus the day wore away, the disciples of Jesus seeing and hearing all. At last Jesus called them to him 
and bade them go and tell John what they had seen and heard, adding, Blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Verse 6. The disciples bore the message, and it was enough. John recalled the prophecy concerning the Messiah. Jehovah hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the year of Jehovah's favour, and to comfort all that mourn. Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. Jesus of Nazareth was the promised one. The evidence of his divinity was seen in his ministry to the needs of suffering humanity. His glory was shown in his condescension to our low estate. Psalms 1, 1 to 3 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be planted like a tree, planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doth shall prosper. To be continued. Join us again next time when Rosalie Rickards continues reading from the book The Ministry of Healing here on your station, 3ABN Australia Radio. We hope you enjoy the short presentation of how God led His people after the Reformation from lineagejourney.com. William was in love with Jesus and set out to read his Bible again, sitting here in this room and starting in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. He made his way methodically through the Bible using his Cruden's Concordance. When he came across a word or a verse that he did not understand, he would cross-reference it until he came to a full understanding. He came to Daniel 8.14, unto 2,300 days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed, and did not understand it. Rather than reading on, he stopped there, stayed there, studied it out, and his conclusions would have a far-reaching impact. The motivating factor in William's life was not a pursuit of head knowledge, but it was his love of Jesus. It was a deep love and a force that kept him going. As he continued his study of Daniel 8, he came to the conclusion that Jesus would come in about 25 years. As he studied and re-studied, he concluded in 1818 that Jesus would come around the year 1843. Yet despite having this great news, he did nothing about it, keeping it mainly to himself. He did tell a few friends, but did nothing publicly. He was worried that he would be made fun of and did not want to leave his hometown to speak. 
He did write some articles that were published, but as yet he had done no preaching. William struggled with the call to preach for 13 years. He heard in his mind over and over the words, go and tell the world. Finally, one day, he made a prayer of commitment that if he was asked to preach, then he would go. He felt this was a pretty safe fleece, for no one was going to ask a 50-year-old farmer to preach about the second coming. Not long after, his doorbell rang, and his nephew, Irvin Guilford, was there, and he asked him if he would come to Dresden to share the things that he had been studying. Rather than being thankful his prayer had been answered, he stormed out the door angrily. He walked out of his house and came to this maple grove here and paced up and down. His daughter Lucy followed him and after watching a while, she went back inside and said, Mommy, something's wrong with Daddy. You see, something was wrong. He was under conviction and could not reason his way out of it. His nephew lived over half an hour away, which meant he left his house before Miller prayed the prayer of commitment and he could thus see the moving of God in this situation. As the sign says, he went in a farmer and came out a preacher. After accepting the call to preach, Miller traveled extensively over the next 10 years across the northeastern parts of the United States with his prophecy chart and Bible with him. Many were converted and the revival wasn't linked to a particular denomination. Although Miller was a Baptist, one estimate has him winning over 40,000 to the Baptist Church and over 40,000 to the Methodist Church. It was not long before he would meet up with Joshua V. Hines, thus extending his influence from the spoken word to the written word. Maybe God is calling you to the ministry to preach. Maybe you have been resisting his call like William did for 13 years. I want to assure you that the best place to be is safe in the peace that you are not resisting the Holy Spirit and that you're following God's will for your life. If God is calling you, then step out in faith and let him lead. To view more episodes in this series, visit lineagejourney.com.